Welcome to the Nun Report, bringing your regular dose of truth, freedom, and weirdness with your host, Dan Nunn. Thanks for tuning in to the Nun Report after this great weekend. So much went on, and I'm going to cover all of it. It's Monday's. Sometimes, I mean, last weekend was kind of weird. Last weekend, there wasn't a lot that happened. Uh, this weekend, however, there was a ton of stuff that happened. And we have, in, including in breaking news this morning on uh, uh, Louder with Crowder, Stephen Crowder uh, busted a, he got an exclusive, he had leaked copies of the manifesto from the Nashville shooter from back in March. Somehow he got a hold of them. So they've come to the light of the day. And keep in mind, if a leak would have never happened, we still would not have the information. We still wouldn't know what they said. And of course, everything that us conspiracy theorists said would be in there, which is why it wasn't being released, is exactly what was in there, which, of course, is why it wasn't released. I mean, once again, proven correct. So we're going we're, we're gonna to look at, at that. And I have a, I have a kind of angle on it I want to talk about that I, I think most people with rational thought and and a critical thinking ability, you know, people with more than two brain cells, in other words, not leftists. I, I think that I think you're gonna you're gonna get where I'm coming from. So we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about the Trump trial. Trump was in trial. Do we want to call it a trial? Kangaroo court, the banana republic type court, the the persecution by completely uh an impartial juror for the judge, of course, and then a completely um you know, non-biased <laughs> attorney general. No, it, it's a sham. It, it's never going to withstand appeal. They've got nothing. There's nothing there, but they don't care. They're going to do it anyway. They're going to tie Trump up in court. They're going to make him spend money. They're going to make him divide his focus while he's running for president. That's what, that's what this is all about. And if they can somehow get a conviction, you know, hey, Fine. But again, this 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 whole New York thing, that this civil case, it's not going to stand up in court at all. There is no plaintiff. There is no victim. There is no one's complaining except for Letitia James because she ran on taking down Donald J. Trump, even though she tries to say now that that's not that's not true. There is this isn't political. I, I didn't run off of. Yeah. Whatever. So we're going to take a look at that. We're going to actually kick off with that. And I do want to also we're going to take a quick look at the economy because people aren't happy with that. Biden was out there telling lies again. We're going to take a look at that because I think it's important, even though we know that he's lying, even though we know he goes out there and does this, we need to keep putting it out there over and over and over again. We're going to start off with the trial up there in New York. And the judge, keep in mind, Donald Trump is providing testimony. He's on the stand. He's being questioned. And the judge says, no, I'm not here to hear what President Trump has to say. So he's not there. He's already decided. He's declared publicly that Trump is a fraudster, that Trump has committed fraud. He's already made up his mind. This is not an impartial juror. This is an activist judge who's playing God. Remember, there is no jury here. It's just one dude, freaky dude, Who's going to decide whether Trump, uh, you know, is liable for you know two hundred fifty million dollars, whatever the heck it is, the damages that they're looking for, and it's just ridiculous. This was Letitia James before the testimony. She came out, and of course, she loves the camera. She never saw a camera she didn't like. Although lots of cameras don't like her, I certainly don't like looking at her ugly mug. But um, nonetheless, here she is. Check it out. Misrepresented and inflated his, the value of his assets. 
And before he takes the stand, I am certain that he will engage in name calling and taunts and race baiting. Race baiting. And call this a witch hunt. But at the end of the day, the only thing that matters are the facts and the numbers. And numbers, my friends, don't lie. Thank you. They don't lie. Numbers, my friends, they don't lie. <laughs> I'm glad you got that little, you got the little accent in there. They don't lie. <laughs> but you do. <laughs> numbers might not lie, but you do. And that's exactly what you're doing. And that's what she's been doing the whole time. So without, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this because it's all, it's all for the record. I have a few comments. I have a couple more clips. I do want to throw up some information. Uh, Lisa Rubin was in the courtroom. She was live tweeting as the court was, as the, as the uh, testimony was going on. So it was kind of interesting to follow this morning. So I was following that. Uh, Judge Angorn, this is what he said. Mr. Kais, can you control your client. This is a this is not a political rally. Maybe you should have a talk with him right now. Kais disagreed and said it would be far more economic or it would be far more economical to let the former and future chief executive of the United States give his answer. See, every time Trump tried to give an answer and explain the question that they were asking about, the judge cut him off to the point where he was striking testimony from the record that he didn't like. This isn't, check this. Trump says he does not recall discussing the valuation of Mar-a-Lago with McConaughey and Weisenberg, though Weisselberg did not discuss 40 Wall Street much with them and insists outside tax counsel, Sherry Dillon drive, uh, drove the valuation process for Seven Springs. But the statement overall, he maintains, was nice compilation of assets and reflected that he had $342 million in cash. Engeron, angry and without objection, shouts, stricken, stricken. So the prosecution did not even object to this testimony. And the judge decided he didn't like what Trump said and so ruled that it needed to be stricken from the record. This is when he was pounding his desk and yelling, stricken, stricken. Okay. So, yeah, a judge is supposed to be an impartial juror. It doesn't look that way to me. The testimony continues. Engeron, after listening to another speech in response to a yes or no question, I beseech you to control him. If you can't, I will. I will excuse him and draw every negative inference. Kais, Trump's attorney, I'd urge the court to take in all information possible, you have on the stand a candidate for the president of the United States. The most efficient way to get through this is to listen to what he has to say about what happened and why there's no intent to mislead anyone. I believe that's highly relevant and highly probative. The judge disagreed because he doesn't want to hear what Trump has to say. He flat out said so. And then the last little bit, uh, Hobbit gets more aggressive. The burden is on the attorney general to ask better questions Engeron, we are not here to hear what he has to say. We are here to listen to him answer questions. What a fucking moron. This guy, I can't believe, this is a judge. How, and, and he's, he's uh, taught too at universities. How does this guy get to be a judge? This is unbelievable. Haba pushes back. Yes, you are here to listen to what he has to say. Angeron reiterates he is here to listen to Trump answer questions and then loses his temper. Sit down, he instructs Wallace to continue. 
but not before Trump adds, this is a very unfair trial. So he's not letting his attorneys speak. He's not letting Trump answer the questions fully. And if he doesn't like what he has to say, he strikes it from the record. Oh, yeah, this is, this is definitely a fair trial. After it got out, this is what Letitia James had to say. Check it out. Mr. Trump obviously can engage in all of these distractions, and that what is what exactly what he did, what he committed on the stand today, engaging, engaging in distractions and engaging in name-calling. Um, but I will not be bullied. I will not be harassed. This case will go on. We look forward to hearing the testimony of Ivanka Trump on Wednesday, and then we plan on closing our case, um, and then there'll be some motions. Why even bother? Why even continue with this charade? Just end the fucking trial, find him guilty, put out the penalty so they can appeal it and go on and get rid of it. Why, why continue the charade? I don't understand. Do you know how much New York taxpayer money is not to mention? All right. So the court fees and the cost for that, obviously, the judge, the prosecution, the research, all of that. But do you know how much it costs the NYPD to provide security? Because it's not just the Secret Service. The NYPD gets involved as well. They have people out there. That when a president or candidate comes into town, they're spending a ton of money to make sure that everything is secure. They have extra people, oftentimes on overtime because they're volunteering for extra shifts to take care of this thing. This is costing New York millions and millions of dollars for a charade of a trial. But let's not forget who Letitia James is. She sits there and says, oh, no, 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 I'm not running on, uh, you know, I, I'm not I'm not biased and I didn't run on Trump. You know, the only reason that she was elected is because she ran on saying that she would get Trump. Here it is. Check it out. The president of the United States has complained that I'm engaging in some sort of political witch hunt, that I've got some personal vendetta against him, that I campaigned against him. That is not true. This illegitimate president who sits in the White House. That president, because he's not my president, he's an illegitimate president. His days are numbered. His days are numbered. We've got to get ready to mobilize, and we've got to get ready to agitate and irritate until victory is won, but more importantly, until Trump is defeated. We will all rise up and resist this man. And ultimately, we'll bring him down. This illegitimate president, I'm going to give you the same level of respect that you gave to President Obama, and that is absolutely no respect at all. Donald Trump has got to go, hey, hey. That is not true. Hey, hey, ho, ho, Donald Trump has got to go. That's her community activism when she was running for the office of attorney general in New York. So I think it's quite obvious that she's biased. It's quite obvious that she has every intention of taking Trump down. This is not about, they fabricated something. 
that is a non-issue, that doesn't exist, that there's no complaint for, that no bank is complaining about, that no investor is complaining about, that absolutely no one is complaining about. Donald Trump single-handedly built a huge portion of New York City, of modern New York City, through his real estate investment and development. And this is the thanks he gets. All while they continue to rape the New York taxpayer and citizen with this, with this fraudulent trial. Trump's attorney had this to say. You have a right to hire a lawyer who can stand up and say something when they see something wrong. But I was told to sit down today. I was yelled at and I've had a judge who is unhinged slamming a table. Let me be very clear. I don't tolerate that in my life. I'm not going to tolerate it here. And you know what? You shouldn't either. This judge needs to be, he needs to be disbarred and, and fired, removed from the bench. He has no business sitting there playing God for political purposes. None whatsoever. She continued with this. Coming from the judge who has already predetermined that my client committed fraud before we even walked into this courtroom. I'm not here to hear what he has to say. Then why exactly? Am I being paid as an attorney? And why exactly are taxpayer dollars being used in this courtroom? The answer is very clear. Because Miss James wants to stand right here like she did this morning and call my client a liar. Call the company fraudulent and make a name for herself. Oh, yeah. She never met a microphone she didn't like. It's probably how she got to where she is. If you get my drift. This was Trump coming out of the courtroom. And we're going to replay this right okay. now so you can, we can all see They it put together. a gag order on him. He can't talk about any of it. Trump, how's it going in there? Huh. <laughs> all right. So Donald Trump there making that motion, zipping okay. his lips, not speaking, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, the judge instructed him before leaving the courtroom that you are not to talk about anything that you heard, saw, or said in here today. But Letitia James can go out there and talk about everything, all she wants. Call him a liar, call him a racist, call him a, you know, say he's up there calling names, he's up there race baiting, he's, I mean, uh, so he can't defend himself, but the prosecution can defame him all they want. Days and days and weeks and weeks, and it goes on, and then you look at the outside world and what's happening, but of course they're getting their wish because I don't have to be here for the most part, but... I certainly do have to be here because I want to be here because it's a scam. And this is a case that should have never been brought and it's a case that now should be dismissed. It is a fraud. It is a scam and it should be dismissed, but it's not going to. They're going to find him guilty. They're going to give him massive, uh, they're going to claim massive monetary damages, probably to the tune of a quarter of a billion dollars, maybe some more, maybe a little more. It won't withstand it won't withstand appeal. But I tell you what, this country needs Donald Trump right now more than ever. We are in two, we, there's two global conflicts going on. We're on the cusp of World War III. Biden is bumbling around, shutting down the energy sector, wide open border, war in Ukraine, war in Israel, and Spending money like a drunken sailor, like he just to keep printing more. Inflation is high. The employment numbers are not good, regardless of what they say. Tons of people are underemployed. 
And the average work hours per week are only 32 hours, which means people are taking more than one job just to make ends meet. Energy prices are through the roof. Grocery prices are through the roof. And Biden has made the United States an absolute joke and a pushover on the world stage. And what we need right now is this. Because you will, this Donald Trump, I don't think people realize the accomplishments fully and how strong, what a great leader, the, the path he took, what he did that no other president even dared to do, that he put people in their place, that he would go ahead and talk to our enemies in the name of forging a peaceful relationship versus going to war. And this is one example. This made history. This was, this, I don't, this was huge. It was, it was huge. Remember this? My friend. I've never expected to meet you at this place. That's good. That's my honor. Would you like me to accept the cross? Would you like me to accept the cross? If you accept step forward, you will be the first US president to cross the border. I'd be very proud to do that. Okay, let's do it. Come on. Look at that. The first U.S. president to step into North Korea. And you know what? North Korea stopped rattling the saber. North Korea stopped testing missiles. The peninsula, the Korean peninsula, was more stable when Donald Trump was president. The Middle East was more stable when Donald Trump was president. Europe was more stable when Donald Trump was president. And the United States itself was more stable when Donald Trump was president. But hey, we don't have mean tweets. We don't have mean tweets. Let's go on and talk about the serious, uh, deep stuff now. We know the trial's a sham. We know that Donald Trump is the man to fix things and, and get in there and, and really to, to finish what he started with a second term. But uh, let's look into... Kind of the, the, the big breaking news of the day was the uh, transfesto, the manifesto of the trans, or maybe trans, or, or going to be trans, sometimes trans, kind of undecided, definitely whacked in the head. Shooter at the Nashville Covenant School back in March. So it's been some time. And they put a lid on the manifesto. Remember, they came out right away. Oh, yeah, there was lots of details, and we have a lot of information. We're going through it. And then all of a sudden, and then it just disappeared. It didn't come out. They didn't release it. They didn't, some reporters were able to look at it, but not actually report on it. And what you have here, because, because it, it didn't fit the narrative, right? Because what you have here is someone who, well, first of all, they hated themselves, quite obviously. This was a death wish. This was, they were on, this, this person, Audrey Hale, was, was going to die. This was suicide. And she was going to take as many people, innocent people with her as possible. She'd been 
on, on drugs, uh, prescription drugs for her mental condition over the years, counseling. She'd recently stopped both counseling and the drugs. Had talked about doing this for, this goes back years. This wasn't anything new. This wasn't a new idea. This was an idea that was years in the making. But what do you think is going to happen when you have a, a, a leftist government, a Marxist government, and an education system that supports Marxism and communism that confuses our children, an entire generation of children that they have taught to hate America that there is systemic racism in America, that white supremacy is the biggest threat, domestic threat to America. You've raised a generation of children that are angry, confused, jealous, nihilistic, self-loathing, hateful, and ill-educated. You've confused them to the point where they will say free Palestine even though they have no factual information about it. You've confused them to the point and piss them off to the point that they believe all white people are bad, that they believe Christians are bad, that they believe they can go out and kill them. And so you have, while most people aren't going to go out and kill anybody because there is still inherent right and wrong, most people still have a little bit of a moral compass as far as going out and killing a person. But some don't. Some don't have the mental faculties to deal with the confusion and the bullshit that they're being fed day after day after fucking day. And Audrey Hill was one of them that could not cope, could not handle with the constant barrage of division and hate and race baiting that they are exposed to by those that are supposed to have their best interest at heart. This, Biden says that white supremacy is the number one domestic terrorist threat. They let BLM roam around the country, burning down police precincts, courthouses, Churches, looting stores, throwing Molotov cocktails at cars, burning cars, overturning police cars, disrespecting authority, disrespecting law, disrespecting themselves. Kids are impressionable. They see this. They feel it. They're being told in school that, you know what, maybe the sex you were assigned at birth is wrong. Maybe you're actually a boy, or maybe you're actually a girl, or maybe you're both. No wonder they're so fucking confused. Our society is systemically racist. You have white privilege if you're white. You're bad. If you're white, you're bad, and you're privileged. Because our society is systemically racist. Thank you, Barack Obama, for setting race relations back 50 years. So what you see in the Nashville shooter, the despicable, insane person that they were, and make no mistake, 
I mean, it is despicable what they did. It's, it's horrific. It's evil. This person had demons inside. But it's a product that's very predictable. It's an outcome and a result that's very predictable. Why are mass shootings up? Because the leftist is creating the environment and the culture that supports it. Plain and simple. When you confuse children who are confused enough just trying to grow up with sex, with violence, with race, when you divide America intentionally just to cement your own power base, when you destroy an entire generation and confuse an entire generation, you're going to end up with very angry, very confused individuals. So it's sad. Am I surprised? At whenever a shooting happens, no. Is it because I'm desensitized to it? No, no, no. I'm not surprised because the very people who want to take your guns, who want to use every tragedy to take away your God-given right, your constitutional right, the very people who want to do that are the ones who have created the environment and the culture, the permissive society without consequence that allows these things and actually promotes these things to happen. Create the problem, provide a solution, and then claim victory. The left has been doing it. Politicians have been doing it for decades. Centuries. Really. Kill those kids. This is the manifesto. Those crackers going to private fancy schools with those fancy khakis and sports backpacks. LOL, their daddy's Mustang and convertibles. Fuck you, little shits. I wish to shoot you. I used to shoot you uh, weak ass dicks with your mop yellow hair. Want to fill all you little crackers. Second time, use that. And we know that's a, a supposed to be a, a crude term toward white people. Bunch of little faggots with your white privilege. Thank you, faggots. Yeah, nice person. Obviously, this was a person who thought that white people were bad, that the people at the school had white privilege because they were at a private school. They drove their daddy's little cars, their convertibles and their Mustangs. This was a very angry, very jealous, very insecure person that hated themselves so much that they, they had to project and manifest that hate onto others. That's all it is. Death day. And, you know, this is, 
they had this laid out. Look at that lunch. Lunch to be around 11 to 1, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Question mark. This was the schedule of the day. 6.30. Desire, 7 a.m. Get dressed. 7.05 to 8.55. Shower. Uh, say, uh, you know, get with my stuffed animals and possessions. 9 a.m. Eat breakfast at home. Interesting that the word home has a heart around it, right? This is on the day that they were going to commit suicide. Eat breakfast at home, and home has a heart around it. Confused child. 9.30 a.m., pack up special belongings and backpacks. 9.50, test knife, cord glass uh, breaker, glass breaker. Dad's old cars. Test the, test the gas breaker, the glass breaker on dad's old cars. 10 a.m., leave for Royal Range, 19 to 20 minutes. So going out there to, to practice shooting before they go do it for real, 10, 20 a.m., gear up, set up guns in trunk, assemble, and get out, rest. 11.20 a.m., final videotape. 11.35 a.m., leave for Covenant School. 12 p.m., arrive at Covenant School. Check parking lot for security. 12.05, arrive in designated parking space. 12.06 to 12.10, prepare for attack. 12.11, lock and load all weapons. 12.37, open fire towards... Uh, Swim for rinse. Um, can't read that. And so there, they had a, she had a very set schedule. And then this was also part of it. Today is the day. The day has finally come. I can't believe it's here. Don't know how I was able to get this far, but here I am. I'm a little nervous, but excited too. Been excited for the past two weeks. There were several times I could have been caught, especially back in the summer of 2021. weren't caught. None of that matters now. I am almost an hour and seven minutes away. Can't believe I'm doing this, but I am ready. I hope my victims aren't. My only fear is if things go wrong, um, I'll, I'll do my best to prevent any of the sort. God let my wrath take over my anxiety. There's an insane sentence. It might be 10 minutes tops. It might be three to seven. It's going to go quick. I hope I have a high death count ready to die. So there you go. Oh.
That's my ringtone. I, I need to remember to turn my phone off when I when I'm broad when I'm recording. But uh, anyway, um, so there you have it: the ravings of a lunatic, the ravings of someone who's definitely not uh, mentally stable, the, a person who has been taught and trained throughout their entire lives to hate white people, to hate America. They are very anxious. They have anxiety. They're angry. They're confused. They're jealous. They're nihilistic, self-loathing, hateful, miseducated. And this one took it out on innocence. And again, the very people who want to take your guns, the very people who are providing that as a solution to gun violence are the ones who set it up. (laughs) They set it up to happen. They set us up for failure. They set these kids up for failure. It's really very sad. Remember this? Just to remind you what happened and what this kid did. So that's what we've seen. We've seen those tapes before. Uh, the Nashville PD, um, you know, once they got there, and they got there pretty quick, I got to say, the way they cleared that building and, and took her down, uh, it, was, it was professional. I don't think this music was actually playing on their comms. And that is the tragic end. Unfortunately, it's not, though, because it's never quite the end. President Biden, well, not Biden, because we know he doesn't run his own social media. I believe Corinne Jean-Pierre probably does. But somebody is running his social media. He's not out there tweeting dozens of times a day, that's for sure. After these were leaked and the information came out that that now the American public knows, and keep in mind, if this hadn't been leaked, we still wouldn't know and we never would. This is what he thought was appropriate to tweet. The people running his Twitter account. Maybe Barack Obama's doing it himself. Who knows? We all know that he stayed in Washington, D.C. for a reason. He's running the government still. It's third term. So they tweeted this on President Biden's account. Talk to parents, teachers, school, nurses, and counselors, and young people. They'll tell you there's a serious youth mental health crisis happening right now in this country because of you fuckers. 
God, it pisses me off. We've made the largest investment in school-based mental health ever because no one should face this alone. So their response is, we need more control of your children. We need to have more mental health treatment in schools. We need to make this available to children so we can, you know what has happened with that? You know what happens when a child who's gender confused, who because of the bullshit they've been fed, because it's a fad, because of what's going on, because of what society and what the politicians and what their teachers are telling them. I'm, I'm a boy, but man, I, I guess I might, I might be a girl. They go to the school counselor's office. The school counselor says, yeah, you know what? You've got gender dysphoria. You're confused. You know, you need to go see a, 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 an outside, you know, therapist. And they, they refer them. And then the therapist refers them to a gender clinic, to a insane doctor who will actually cut off parts of their body and block their hormones. That is the sort of mental health care that the government is putting into public schools for our children. You see, they want, they want to completely control the future generations. Parents. Parents are DNA, man. We just provide the sperm and the egg. From that point forward, your children belong to the state. They will get their care. They will get their finances. They will get their job. They will get their mental care, their education from the state. And they will only be fed the information the state wants them to have. And then we wonder why they're confused, why there's a mental health crisis, why you have tragedies like these mass shootings. And they'll tell you, it's the gun. It's the gun. If we just take away the guns, then people won't be fucking crazy anymore. Rinse and repeat. Anyway, that was a pretty intense little segment there. Um, it's a serious issue. It's a complex issue. And the way we start to fix it is to get these extreme commie Democrats out of office, locally, out of the school boards, out of the city councils, out of the governor mansions, and out of the White House, out of Congress, out of our lives, out of this country. Biden's not looking too good on the home front. They got, uh, they got some new polling that came out. Not looking too good for the old guy. Now, part of the challenge for Mr. Biden here is that people are simply pretty pessimistic at the moment. 73% said that things are just going badly in America right now. And that's up from 65% at the start of the year. So voters just don't feel great about where things stand right now. They just don't feel great. Because we all, we all are controlled by our feelings. The number of Americans who think that things are going badly in the country today has hit its high for the year. So you might expect any incumbent to be down as Biden is. 
But then look at these positive views of what people think will happen for them financially if Donald Trump wins. Way more voters think they'd be better off. And Biden, for his part, hasn't fully convinced as many Democrats that he'd help them as the. And that's on Face the Nation. Extremely liberal organization on an extremely liberal network. But hey, the reason that he's not doing well with black voters is it goes back to the feelings. Feelings, nothing more than feelings. All right, that's the reason I don't sing for a living. But uh, this is why black voters don't approve of Biden. Here's the deal. Perception is reality. And so when you look at the data that was provided in this poll... Perception is reality. No, reality is fucking reality. Good Lord. This is why these people are so messed up and, and they pass that messed upness to, off to our kids. Perception is not reality. Reality is reality, okay? But anyway, let's, let's continue. I've digressed. Oh, it talks about how people feel. And when people decide whether they're going to the poll or whether they're not going to, to the poll, it's all about how you feel in that moment. And so while the facts may not align with their feelings, their feelings are dictating their reality. Their reality is that they said that they feel better or they felt better when Trump was in office. But we've been trying to push back. We've got some very popular African-American artists that are out here saying things like, oh, I got checks when Trump was in office. I want those checks again, not understanding that that really came from Congress. Mm. So we've got a couple of things, the perception issue, and then we also have an issue as it relates to civics in this country and people not understanding exactly how any of this works. They just don't understand how any of this works. You're too stupid. The, the people in the public, they just, you, you, you people are just fucking dumb. You just don't understand how it works. No. Here's the deal. A lot of us are starting to really understand how it works. And it scares you to death. It scares the extreme commie Democrats to death. It scares the deep state rhinos to death that more and more Americans are in fact starting to understand, starting to figure out and understand how it works. We don't understand how it works. See, they still think the American public is stupid. The MAGA movement and the America First movement scares them because we're informed. Because we think critically. Because we question authority. They don't like that. That's why they're going after the kids. They can't change our minds. But they can form the minds of children. And that's what they're set on doing. But hey, you know, things are bad at home. The economy's bad. The, uh, you know, interest rates are high. The border's open. Biden's numbers are in the toilet. But at least they've got a good foreign policy. I mean, at least, at least they have a comprehensive grasp on what is going on. And it's so, it's, it's brilliant, actually, in its simplicity. And here it is. What is your message to Hezbollah and its backer, Iran? 
don't. Don't, don't, don't. What's the message to Iran? Don't. It was very important to send a very clear message to anyone who might seek to take advantage of the conflict in Gaza to threaten our personnel uh, here or anywhere else in the region. Don't do it. I mean, really, that is just brilliant. Foreign policy in one word. Well, it's actually two words put together, do not. So I guess it is more complex than than it looks on the surface. Because on the surface, it's just don't. But if you if you really break it out, if you if you really unpack it, it's do not. So it is, I guess it is a little more complex than I initially thought that it was. Hmm, how about that? Well, Biden was out there again today telling his same old lies about how he, uh, a conductor that had been dead for 20 years, um, nearly, well, nearly 20 years, about 15 years, a conductor that had been dead for 15 years, congratulated him for traveling a million miles on Amtrak. Delaware know that as Senator, I rode the train back and forth between Washington and Wilmington virtually every day for 36 years when I got elected. And then as vice president as well. Amtrak wasn't just a way to get home to family. The conductors and engineers became my family. Not a joke. Not a joke. a major event from my home every year. Not a joke is code for I'm about to lie. All the conductors and engineers from New York on down to Washington. When I was vice president, I flew over a million miles on Air Force Two, but I traveled further than that Amtrak over the years. I remember one of the conductors when I was going home. Secret Service is wonderful, and they really are. But they'd rather you not travel Amtrak, because not Amtrak, rail, because it has to stop so damn many times. And there's so many options for people to do things that they don't want to have done. So, but I was coming home to see my mom, and I just, uh, she was living with us at the time, my dad. I, I can't, I can't anymore. But he's told this story before. He repeated it again outside to Amtrak workers and when he was touring the, the facility. <laughs> the conductor had been dead that he's talking about. This this never happened. This is another made-up thing in his, his Swiss cheese for brain's mind as a dementia-ridden old man. He's made up his own reality, as they do. I mean, that's this is what happens. It's probably going to happen to me at one point if I live, if I, you know, if I'm if I'm blessed enough to live. Uh, to be old. And it's, I mean, I saw it happen to my mom. A lot of us have seen it happen to, to relatives. And to, that's that's one thing. To see it happening to the President of the United States, ay, ay, ay. Um, and then he does, he has this line. He's been telling this joke. There are, there are super clips out there of it. Don't jump. Anytime there's anybody up on a balcony or, or, a, or, a, or a level up above where he's speaking, he always has to do this. And if I say anything you don't like, don't jump, okay? <laughs> and then they give the polite laugh, even though he's told the joke 2,026 times. And then even though he knows there's only one way on and off the stage, even though he has directions on which way to go, even though he has a 50-50 chance and he's told before he gets on, you will exit stage right or you will exit stage left. Probably has a note 
right on the podium telling him, you will exit stage right or stage left. The problem is, he doesn't even know right from left anymore. And here he is, once again, making sure, am I, go, am, I, am I going the right way? Am I going this way? Am I going, am I going that way? Check it out. What, uh, what an embarrassment. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, ay, ay, ay. But hey, no mean tweets. No mean tweets. So that's good. Uh, another cool thing happened over the weekend. We had a, a, like a real insurrection. We had a bunch of radicals trying to break down the gates to the White House. And while they were at it, they went ahead and vandalized and defaced pretty much every single thing that they came in contact with around the National Mall and the White House. But anyway, check it out. Free Palestine from what, man? There was a ceasefire in place prior to October 7th. Hamas broke it. Hamas was elected by the Palestinians. And by the way, there is not and never has been a nation of Palestine. So take that. Here's a little more. This is insane. This is BOM 2.0. This is these, the majority of these people. All right. There's, there's two, uh, there's actually three groups of people involved in these mobs and they are mobs. There are the illegal immigrants and the legal immigrants who are Muslim, who are Hamas sympathizers, who want the West and the United States in particular to fall. So that's one sector. The other sector are the activists that just glob on to any cause where they can go out and scream and yell and throw shit around and destroy property. These would be the same people that were involved in the BLM riots throughout the summer of 2020. And this is BLM 2.0. Okay, And then the, the third group are the political agitators that love this. This is, this is their thing. This, is, this could be their 2024 to 2020. This could be the thing that they use to divide the nation and distract people from the most important election cycle that we've ever had as a nation. So there you have it. That's what it is. And they'll let them go out and burn and loot. They'll put the, the people that were on the Capitol grounds January 6th, they will put them in prison without due process, label them domestic terrorists and everything like that. They'll hunt them down through facial recognition across the entire country and arrest them and put them in prison for decades. But they'll allow these people to deface public property, to threaten public employees to do shit like this. This is vandalism. This is 
trespassing. There's probably some way you could say this is a danger to public safety. Free, free Palestine. That's their chant. Along with this chant. Alua Akbar, Alua Akbar. In the capital of the United States of America. You got a problem with that? I got a problem with that. These people should be arrested, they should be deported. Here's the aftermath. Benny was, Johnson was out there today. Actually, I think this was yesterday. Anyway, this was the aftermath of their so-called uh, Palestinian protests when, in fact, what these are, these are Hamas sympathizers and terrorist sympathizers. Hey, guys, check this out. Here's, the, uh, here's a monument in D.C. that was vandalized by left-wing protesters during the Hamas erection. And, well, that's interesting. Can't repeat that one. But this, this FJB is quite interesting given the fact that it is across the street from the White House. So, who's gonna tell them? Who's gonna tell them? You know, Joe Biden squinted, and he's prone to squinting. And this is one more look at what they did at the gates of the White House. There was also a lot of video back behind the White House. There's a road that runs behind the White House. I've been there and uh, visited with the Secret Service folks. Fine. They do a fine job. And um, that, that goes behind the White House. Same black fence and everything. But you can get a lot closer to the White House back there. A lot of people don't realize it, man. You can't, you can't get... This, this is a side gate here off of uh, Pennsylvania. You can't get um, as close as you can if you go around back. Anyway, look what they did, man. Look what they did at this gate. This is a complete disrespect for authority. This is this symbolizes a complete this, this is a FU. This is a FU to authority, an FU to the rule of law, an FU to the people that are in power. And the bloody handprints are supposed to uh, you know the, the the fake blood obviously paint. Um, it's supposed to reflect the people of Palestine being massacred by those evil, evil Jews. <laughs> Again, there was a ceasefire in place. Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for listening. We're gonna go. We're gonna head on. I, I, I do want to just reiterate one thing, and that is those that are creating the problems to solve are the enemy. 
I'm not the enemy. Your neighbor's not the enemy. Your family is not the enemy. Black people aren't the enemy. White people aren't the enemy. Muslims, you know, terrorists, they're, they're kind of the enemy. Terrorists are kind of the enemy. But, uh, but our real enemy is the government. The real enemy are those in power. The real enemy are the ones who want to keep the status quo, who want to submit their power even further, become wealthy, become more powerful, and they're going to do it at your expense. The people who want to divide this nation, the people who have created a culture and a society that allow things like the Nashville Covenant School shooting to happen, that fuck up the minds of our kids, that have stolen an entire generation from us, that have made them angry, jealous, nihilistic, confused, insecure, and hateful. They've done this on purpose and they continue to do it and they want more power through the mental health. Now that they've created a massive mental health crisis by confusing an entire generation of children about what is white supremacy, what is, you know, we hate this country, we hate white people, we hate white privilege. And white supremacism is the number one threat. This country is systemically racist. You need to hate it, even if you're white. Especially if you're white. And then they'll swoop in and solve the problem by taking your guns and providing security to the chaos and answer to the chaos that they created. And people will willingly say, thank you. Please give us security. Please stop the chaos, which of course was always by design. Anyway, hey, thanks for watching. If you're just listening on one of the podcast channels, make sure to check into rumble.com slash the nun report. This video is not going up on Facebook because they will, they will close me down for talking about the, the Nashville manifesto. So you're going to have to see it on rumble.com slash the nun report. In fact, you should go there anyway and give me a thumbs up because that's how this video gets boosted into the, in the natural algorithms more. Follow my channel. It's free. I promise you're not going to get spammed. I don't even get your email, okay? And Rumble doesn't spam people. So do that. Uh, I'm on all the socials at the Nun Report except TikTok because I don't do that commie BS and Twitter because my uh, one of my original accounts got nuked so I don't get the there anymore. So on Twitter, it's just at Nun Report. Just go to my website, thenunreport.com. Anyway, hey, thanks again for watching. And as always, until next time, may the odds be ever in your favor. Cheers.